Good evening, High Point family. Welcome to another exciting edition of your midweek podcast slash hop on and chat with Brad. So we are glad that you chose to be with us tonight and hopefully you'll give me a little shout out because it makes me feel all uh, warm inside. Then I know that you're joining in and it's the closest thing we have to community. Uh, some say it's even better than showing up for worship and putting on the mask or as my kids used to say, mask is. So who's going to be first tonight to give me a shout out, let you know you're, uh, that you're on. And uh, okay. All right. Good evening. High point. Glad you're here. All right. We'll see who is going to be this week. It is the middle Brooks. Good to have you guys here. Thanks for tuning in, Nancy. So we're glad that you chose to be with us tonight. And we are, oh, there's Kari Smith. Good to have you and Karen Perry. Hey, Karen Perry, glad you're here. So just to let you guys know, um, we are going to be, oh, there's Kirk and Tara. Good to have you guys. Brian Barrett, welcome back. So we are gonna be doing, uh, oh, there's Paula Austin and Clarice Hickman. So we're going to be doing just a few more interviews over the next few weeks, and then we'll start up a new study starting in September. And as that draws closer, I'll let you know what that is. Uh, that's code for I'm still trying to figure out what we're going to do, but don't tell anyone. All right. Hello, phone checks. Good to have you guys with us and the Dunlops, Ken and Sharon. Oh, there's the Talia and John Allens. Well, it just says Talia here. So John may be taking the night off. I don't know. So we'll just have to hope that he is with you guys. There is Martin. Good evening, Martin and Alicia. So Martin loving the new truck. Awesome. And I think it was long overdue. And hopefully my wife, Jill, will give me the same green light that your lovely bride gave you to go get you a new truck. But it may be a few, few years. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Hello, Whites. Good to have you, Nancy and Tim. And the Wombles. Good to have y'all. And there is Don and Harriet. Don, you need to get your son Danny on here. Come on, Danny and, and Jen. Oh, there's Lynn Belknap. Welcome, welcome. And Keith and Deneen. Oh, and there is the Bars. Hello, Brother Bar and Sister Bar. And Betsy Vienna, welcome, welcome. Okay, so tonight... Uh, some of my favorite people, and they've lived a very interesting life, and I want you to hear about it. We have Paul and Diane Newhouse. Now, you know them. You love them. They sit up front, and because they want to soak in everything that I'm saying, uh, or, or at least Robin singing, something like that. So, But they are awesome folks, and I have had the privilege of working with Paul uh, up at the office ever since he has uh, taken the awesome job of being our uh, minister of ministry coordination for our missions. And so he really does a, a lot. And we doubled his salary last year from zero to zero. So he is awesome. And I appreciate all that he does for our church and just does it with a smile. So uh, Jessica, if you don't mind, let's bring on Paul and Diane so we can hear about their very interesting life. There you guys are. Hey guys. Hello, so, Paul. If you didn't hear, I, I told him that we doubled your salary from last year. 
I heard everything. I expect the same thing next year, too. <laughs> there you go. Hey, well, um, part of the reason we're doing these interviews uh, is I want people to know each other better. And I'm amazed at High Point. And I talk about your folks because we are a large church. It, it's hard for people to say, uh, okay, I, I don't know that person, or I know who they are, but I don't know them very well. We want to get people to know each other a little bit better. So tell us just briefly a little bit about um, your and Diane's. You guys both share a little bit about your background. Okay. I'll go first. Um, I grew up over in Fannin County around Honey Grove. That town's claim to fame is being named by David Crockett on his way to the Alamo. Um, awesome. I was yeah, I was raised in the Church of Christ. I was baptized when I was 12 years old. Um, as, soon as, I was baptized, as soon as I was baptized, they appointed my dad an elder. They waited on me to, to be baptized so he'd have believing children. And uh, he was 38 when he was appointed. We had about 50 people in the congregation. We had four elders, uh, three new houses, and the fourth one was a brother-in-law. So it was a kind of a family church. Um, we had our own little youth group made up of about 12 uh, kids all within about a five year range, um, mostly cousins and the majority of them still go to that church today. That's awesome. in, the, in the early 60s, the elders made a decision that they would do the preaching and send their contribution uh, to mission work around the world. And they're still doing that today. They, they spend about 90% of their contribution to support mission work. And I calculated, I estimate that they've given High Point in the last 20 years, um, about a quarter of a million dollars. That's awesome. This is the South Church of Christ out in the country, north of yep. Honey Grove. But Paul, that's a terrible idea for us. We need to pay the preacher. So <laughs> Diane, tell us a little bit about, about you growing up. I was born in Lubbock, uh, out in West Texas. I went to church at Broadway, which was yep. uh, one of the largest, if not the largest mm -hmm. congregation in town. Uh, I don't even remember how many people were there, but as a child, it seemed like a, a cathedral to me. And when I went back in, uh, when we were in college, it was like this building, this auditorium used to be a whole lot bigger. Uh, I lived there until I was 16, and then uh, we moved to Waco and uh, went to a church there, Crestview, which was about two, three hundred, right? So I uh, graduated high school there and decided that I wanted uh, to go to a Christian college. And I can remember sitting down with my dad and he's figuring out the cost of everything. And he goes, okay, this is how it is. If you go to a state school or a less expensive school, then you can have more clothes and things like that and all. But if you go to Abilene where I went, uh, he said, not going to be as much. You make the decision. And mm -hmm. I did. I went there and, um, didn't have a car. I caught rides home all the time and all. And we uh, we met in April, uh, March, March 8th of my freshman year. And by the way, he remembers that every year and gives me something. Very um, nice. 
and then we graduated together. Um, in other words, she graduated in three years, is what she's telling me, <laughs> which she did. Yeah. Boom, Lottie. My sister uh, was telling people that I was dating Paul Newman, which I thought was kind of funny. But, the, uh, the salad dressing guy. Right, right. Um, I've taught, I t I'm retired now, but I've taught school for 32 years, um, mostly kindergarten. And yep. uh, taught in Anson, north of Abilene, taught in Virginia uh, when we lived up there. And then came back to McKinney and I taught 20, 22 years at Finch Elementary. Wow. Uh, left that and worked uh, three years at North Texas Christian Academy and then a year each at Princeton and Dallas. And after that, I decided I was ready to hang up um, my slate and books and all and be a grandmother. And uh, I've pretty much kept uh, Samuel and Abby um, from the time they were born until they started school. And even after that, like this afternoon, <laughs> Yeah. So, Paul, I, I I may have cut you off. Share just a little bit about some of your career stuff because you've done some pretty interesting things. Yeah. Um, first, let me say that we got married on Sunday, August twenty third, nineteen seventy, and on the coming August twenty third Sunday will be our fiftieth wedding anniversary. So, both on Sunday. So, I think that's kind of neat. Yeah. Um, and he was explaining the odds of that happening last night. The, the mathematician here. Oh, yeah. Um, when I was in college, I worked every summer to keep myself in Abilene because my parents didn't have the money to send me there. Mm -hmm. I was kind of paying my own way through. And I was working for the U.S. Department of Agriculture, but I majored in math and physics. And uh, in 1980, I was asked to go up to Washington, D.C., to work on a project to um, help determine the acreages of crops in the U.S. So I went and I told the guy who was asking me to come up there that I would uh, stay two to four years. And then I was going back to God's country in Texas. And he <laughs> said, some people would say that Texas belongs to some other celestial being rather than God. So anyway. Oh, that's terrible. I thought so, yeah. He was a Methodist preacher, by the way, on the weekends. <laughs> Super guy. Um, in 83, we moved back to McKinney with the intention of, of making that our home, settling down. I didn't, uh, I wanted out of the rat race in D.C. So to speak. And so we decided, we made a conscious decision to make that our home. Um, and you know, I'm proud that Ryan and Emily, our two children, still attend High Point. Um, we've got 37 years invested in the congregation. And, uh, um, of course, Ryan and Claudia and the, and the kids live in Melissa, and Emily lives in Plano. But they all go to High Point, so I'm proud of that. Well, um, yeah, and we, we know that they're both really smart, and now we know where they get it. They get it from <laughs> Diane, yeah. Um, <laughs> Mostly from Diane, but uh, they're both a lot smarter than me. Um, I did. I, I don't think I mentioned. Um, 
I decided I wanted to teach math at Collin College. So I was on the yeah. faculty there for 18 years, just yep. teaching evening classes primarily. Um, so I well, let, let's, give, let's give a few shout outs. Uh, like um, the Connors are watching. Good to have uh, Debbie and Gary with us and Connie and D Bailey and the seals, Larry and Jerry. Y'all are usually first or close to it, but I understand there's some folks have trouble hopping on uh, like the Pierces. Glad y'all made it though. Uh, and then Wilma Holloway had our time finding it. He's on and the Hardens. Uh, so great to have you guys. Okay, so most people know that y'all are uh, very vested in the work in El Salvador. Uh, and usually we try to give quick updates, you know, on Mission Sundays and that type of things. But tell us just a little bit about the genesis of High Point's involvement with that, because uh, it's, it's kind of neat how um, you got involved in that and now how High Point is really kind of made that their their primary our primary effort is taking care of the kingdom of God there. Okay, well what actually happened, our son Ryan was graduating from Oklahoma Christian in 1996 and he wanted to spend time in a Spanish speaking country doing some work for the church and perfecting his Spanish at the same time. So at that time, Sixto Rivera was uh, uh, the, the Spanish-speaking minister at Westside. So we asked his advice. So that same evening, on a Wednesday evening, he picked up the phone and called his father-in-law in El Salvador. And the father-in-law said that Ryan could come and live and stay at their home and work for their congregation there in San Miguel, El Salvador. So in May, Ryan Sixto and I went down on a fact-finding trip kind of see where he would be living in that's how I got started going um, we got involved in with our first sponsorship of a of a church in 97 and that was okay. also the year that we started in the education program with six kids okay so Diane kind of hop in on there um, do you have any idea and I probably should ask you this to so you can be figuring out but just kind of a ballpark. How many kids have we sponsored over the years? And then do you have a ballpark of how many High Point folks have sponsored people over the years? Currently sponsor about 160. And I would dare say we've had probably a hundred of more over the years mm -hmm. that have either dropped out or have graduated. Uh, we've had several graduates uh, in, 19 uh, 2004 or 5 the uh, daughter of one of our preachers was killed in an accident at uh on a church outing and we were real close to the family so in her memory we established a university scholarship program and since then uh we've had numerous uh students go through the university we currently have i believe 26 29 students in the university one has already graduated with a degree in mechanical engineering another uh, as a cardiac surgeon and several as teachers nurses and all so that yep. that has been awesome i counted up uh jessica and uh the committee and i were talking several months ago and i believe i counted about 90 
uh, current or former High Point members. Some of them have uh, uh, moved, but and we still have uh, sponsors who um, live in different parts of the country. I know when uh, Red and Vicki Baker were living overseas, they still sponsored a child. We have sponsors in California, um, Montana, and Virginia as yeah. well as uh, Texas. Yeah, Brad, we've averaged, about, we've averaged about 150 scholarships a year for 23 years. So mm -hmm. that's over 3,000, you know, yearly scholarships. That's awesome. But y'all are always open to number 91 and 92 on sponsors. Oh, yes. So. <laughs> In fact, we so, had to. We had to tell our preachers last year that, okay, because we were, I was getting, you know, three uh, applications this day and six the next and all. And I said, okay, we're going to have to hold off a little bit till we can find our sponsors here. But uh, yeah. So, Paul, one of the things that Sixto talked about last time that we went down on a trip was that we were kind of the opposite of how the gospel spread out of Jerusalem to Judea and to the ends of the earth. Uh, in El Salvador, we really, the Church of Christ kind of started from the ends of the earth, the fringes of El Salvador, and we're working our way to the inside. And I believe a lot of that is attributed to this education program because the Church of Christ is no longer a rural movement, but it's making its way into cities. Uh, I, I, and I think a lot of that is that the membership of our churches, uh, there are a lot of urban professionals. So is that kind of what you're saying? Yes, I think the education program has played a big part in it. And I'm proud that that's all outside the budget money. It's only from Sponsors, none of it comes from the budget other than the children up and children contribution, if you want to call that the budget. Um, so, yeah, but Paul, you you got some pretty cool news uh, that you shared with the, the leadership. You, you, you want to share with folks tonight kind of um, some of the news of, of things happening down there? Um, they're under quarantine, but um, I've received numerous photographs from some of the preachers about how they're doing things online and they've been able to continue the education program. All the kids are going to school virtually right now, but they were showing uh, photos of them distributing the money for the scholarships. And, awesome. and then also our, our medical mission team has been generously sending the money that, that they have that they can't use on on trips anymore, not right now. We've been sending that money and we can help families for as little as $20. We've helped uh, oh, probably 150 families across the country. Uh, so uh, all of that I think is good. And we also have a new church plant ready to go as soon as they lift their quarantine and our guy can move across the country to begin. Yep. So one more shout out to Larry Miller, AKA late night Larry, who usually tunes in after uh, it's been posted. And Jessica does a great job of, of connecting with folks that want to watch it later, but good to have Larry live. Uh, so Paul, you mentioned you guys have been at High Point for like 37 years. Is that correct? Yes. 
So what are the changes and things that you've seen? And maybe I don't know if we're going to get into the storms that we've weathered, but also uh, we decided uh, both of you guys were about uh, kind of this next chapter in High Point. Just kind of share where you think we are and some things that, that we, we've gone through over the years. Okay. We got to High Point it was in the summer of 83. They had just hired a new lead minister, Tom Gomer, and we arrived two weeks after Tom. Um, all the el all six of the elders had resigned. It took us a year of discussion before we could appoint any more elders. And we appointed three, and they're, they're still at High Point. Uh, Dave Epley, Arthur B. Milstead, and Lynn North. Then yep. Lynn decided to go to Oklahoma Christian shortly after that, and so he left Dave and Early B there. They they shepherded 300 members for over three years by themselves. Right. Yep. In, in 89, we appointed four more elders uh, to go with them. Uh, we, you know, the congregation started to grow, and we hired our first first youth minister and our first uh, Spanish-speaking minister, and then our first associate minister uh, uh, who's online uh, with us, uh, Brian Barrett. And uh, then uh, we hired uh, our first children's minister, Deneen Christian. We bought the land where the building is now. We built the building. You know, we met in a school for a year while we were doing that. Mm -hmm. um, with all those changes in growth, we had probably a hundred people that got up and left because they just couldn't deal with the growth and, and the change. Um, but we we still continued to grow. So um, mostly those were good times. But I'm I'm excited by what good. I see now, definitely. Good. Well, yeah, it's it's kind of a small world. I mean, Brian Barrett and I did uh, summer camp together at Iron Springs years ago, and then. My brother dated Vicki Gomer, uh, Tom's uh, daughter. So yeah, it's, it's just crazy. So, um, so well, I, Diane, what, what, what would you say that you've seen over the years and things that you're excited about? The one thing that stuck out with me when we came, there was not a large organized program for the uh, children and the youth and all and when uh was it in 85 when we hired terry kitson mm -hmm. 1985 uh they decided to hire a youth minister and had several candidates come in and we met uh the congregation was able to have a question and answer session with each of them and the question that martha norrid and i both asked because our uh boys were of in fifth and sixth grade at the time was what what activities what program would you provide for the older elementary students mm -hmm. and terry was the only one who gave a positive answer everybody else said oh they'd have to wait and all terry's answer was i would do something on occasion to kind of whet their interest and all so that when they got of age to be in the youth group they would be excited about it and That's martha and i looked at each other and said this is our guy and he was very very good and what what i'm really excited about now is how that program has grown i mean with hunter and alicia and kiani they do an 
awesome job. Yeah. Yep. Awesome, awesome. All three of them. I was uh, fortunate uh, summer uh, a year ago to go with Hunter to uh, Honduras. Actually, yeah, two years he's been. And I was quite impressed with uh, the way he interacted with the students, the uh -huh. young people, and the way they interacted with him. Yep. And then uh, Alicia and Kiani have, uh, especially during this uh, time where we're not able to meet at the building, they have come up with so many creative ways to keep in touch with the kids and not just Sunday morning lesson, but uh, all sorts of things. And it, it's going to pay yeah. off big time. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, uh, Alicia and Kiani are doing little pop-up lessons and Martin's on tonight, but Alicia's not because she and Alicia, uh, she and Kiani are over at Wilson Creek park and they're going to like eight or nine parks all over and doing little pop-up parties for our kids. So it's a, uh, it's an amazing commitment that they're willing to do to kind of, if the church can't come to, uh, you know, high point, take high point, you know, to the neighborhoods. Back and at Easter, back at Easter when uh, they had planned the big Easter egg hunt at yeah. uh, the park, and uh, they started hearing rumors that uh, the mayor was going to shut McKinney down and all, and so they got busy in yeah. what two days and sacked up all the eggs and delivered them yeah. to the uh, to the kids so they could have their own Easter egg hunts at home and you know just. They and, and Hunter have done an awesome hey, job. All, all this. Brad, you cut out on me. I couldn't hear you. I, I couldn't tell if I cut out on you or you cut out on that. But I couldn't hear you. Can you repeat? Okay. Yeah, I was just saying that it was a staff effort to get all of the uh, Easter egg stuff out, but it, it was awesome. Um, so one last question, because Paula, I know you've been very engaged in the study uh, with John Mark Hicks book and, and you've grown and you've, you've kind of cut back a little bit, but I know you and, and Lynn are, are good friends and just kind of give your impression of, of that study and, and why you think it's so important for us as a, a congregation to to learn to read scripture let me give just a little bit of background you know of course you said lynn and i've known each other since 83. Uh, i met john mark hicks about four years ago at his house in nashville i was introduced to him by some woodmud hills people who sponsor ministers down in el salvador Diane and I went on a mission trip uh, that Woodmont Hills did when John Mark was in El Salvador and he was one of the principal speakers. So when we got ready to leave, he and I were leaving a day or two early and we went back to the airport together. And then we were in the airport a couple of hours. So I had him one-on-one -on -one for about five hours. What I discovered was that he and I had a very similar background in the Churches of Christ. He just ended up a lot smarter than me, I would say. But when I started to read his book, Searching for the Pattern, I started it back in February. I, I couldn't put it down because in, in my mind, 
the most relevant book that I've ever seen about churches of Christ in our time because everything in there I could relate to. Now, people younger than me may not understand everything he's talking about, but I certainly do. So a lot of those questions that John Mark asked in that book, I've been asking uh, myself, you know, paraphrasing like, uh, okay, if, if there's a blueprint pattern for how to do worship, you know, what is it? You can't find it in the New Testament. You cannot find a pattern. If there is, yep. if there were a pattern, why, why is there so much disagreement about it? So what I loved about what he said was he, he this is simplifying, but he basically said, there's no blueprint, but there's a theological pattern. So we need to follow the example of Christ. Well, that's the conclusion I'd come to a few years ago also, but I um, had never seen it put down so well as John Mark did, you know, in that book. So to me, um, he hit the nail on the head because I've been telling friends of mine for some time, you know, all my life I needed to convert people to the churches of Christ rather than just to Christ. And I no longer think that's the right thing to do. Yeah. And so his, his book just reinforced what I was, what I was thinking. Uh, I highly recommend everyone to read it, especially anyone with background like me growing up in the churches of Christ in the fifties and the sixties and the seventies. So, uh, Paul, last kind of follow up on that is um, Lynn kind of talked about his watershed moment was when he and Martha were trying to share the story of redemption and the story of the church seems so different and and separate from that. And, and so it, it was hard to talk about the story of redemption and then also kind of make out, uh, make the case for uh, the, the blueprint. Uh, and John Mark talked about that when their church felt it was stepping outside of God's will to help anyone in need outside of their church, that's when the world kind of flipped for him. Uh, was there a watershed moment for either you or Diane that made you go, okay, we got to look at things differently? Well, I had one a long time ago when I had a, a neighbor that was ready to be baptized. So I took her to a, um, actually it was a missionary preacher up to be in town and uh -huh. he essentially told her she wasn't ready, you know, because she didn't know enough about how we did things to be baptized and, um, that turned her away. You know, she was never baptized after that. So yeah. that was one of them, I guess. Um, and I don't know if there was a, a moment as such, but just, you know, there's so many inconsistencies, I think, in, in the way we do things. We kind of pick and choose the scriptures um, we yep. want to do. Like, like, you know, we, we, we're fine with our women wearing gold and, and, and nice clothes, but we're not fine with them speaking out in the service. So to me, that's an inconsistency. Yep. And I think, I think, I guess one thing also to have me when, when Ryan went and did the MDiv at Abilene Christian, and then he and I have had a lot of discussion. He got such a wonderful education there. 
you know, it's it's obvious to me now that all scripture is contextual in a way. It was written to a certain people at a certain time in a certain place. And yep. and not all of it is continuous, you know, on on through all time. It's yep. contextual and you have to consider that. Well, I, I appreciate you guys very much. And, you know, I always joke that we have uh, pictures of children from El Salvador on our refrigerators, but they have pictures of Paul and Diane on, on, on the refrigerators in El, in El Salvador. But uh, you, you guys have done so much for the church, and it's just amazing. Diane, we didn't even get into all of your work with Vega Elementary and with uh, community lifeline and Paula, you've served as a shepherd, you've been on missions, you've, you guys have done so much and you pass it on to your children. I, uh, you know, so thankful for Emily and her work on our, our legal team, but, uh, also her work leading the women's ministry and, and Ryan, uh, was, was paid an awesome compliment in our shepherds meeting on Monday night that, uh, John Herzog said, you know, Ryan's our, our strongest uh, textual teacher, and he is. He does a great job. So uh, I just appreciate you guys very much. And I, I just uh, I know that the church loves loves you guys. And but you, you guys are also models for how much that you give of yourself. You give of your time, and your talent, and your treasures. And uh, I'm just so grateful for our friendship and so thankful for all that you guys do. Um, so Lisa um, asked the name of the book and looks like Jessica put it in there searching for the pattern. So uh, thank you guys for coming on next week. Next week, we have Terry and Amy Sievert and they are scared to death because they have no idea what I'm going to ask them. So <laughs> I promise I'll send them questions ahead of time. Uh, and then we're going to try to get some of our widow ladies to come on. So we're very excited about that. So that'll be uh, two weeks from tonight. So, uh, but Terry and Amy uh, next week. And thank you, Paul and Diane. And thank you, everyone, for hopping on. And Randy, I, I saw that you're late, but hey, glad that you hopped on as well. So you guys have a blessed evening, and we'll see you guys on Sunday. Thank you, Brad. Take care. Yep.